Welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church, go to www.anchorchurch.life. I will say this is a very common occurrence in our house where um, we'll be laying there and I'm thinking like, you know, why did Oreos make the thins, you know, and if I'm thinking anything, you know, uh, you know, did they do, did they figure out that that's what people wanted? Like the mega is where people should be, right? Like why they even make the mini ones? Um, and then, you know, she'll say something like, hey, the garage, the garage, did you lock the garage door? And very often I'll just, yeah, yeah, of course I did. And then in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, did I, did I lock the garage door? It's okay. Honestly, some of you are my neighbors. It's, it's a, it'd be a miracle if I even just shut the door. Right? There's, I, I walk out sometimes in the morning. I go, well, glad to be alive. <laughs> that door was wide open. Some are laughing because they know that that's 100% true because they've driven by. But uh, so I'm laying there and I'm in bed and I'm thinking, okay, all of a sudden, uh, okay, well, what if, what if somebody... Um, if we're in a safe neighborhood, we'll be fine, even if the door is locked. You know, well, no, well what if, there was a couple break-ins recently in the cars. What if they just decide to try my garage door? And I'm like, well, no, that'll be fine, because, you know, what are they going to take? This, I mean, they, if, they take if they clear out my garage, they're helping me out, you know? And I thought, well, okay, wait, wait a minute. Did I, did I actually lock the inside door? Um, okay, fine. Then I get up, you know. Well, what are you doing? I'm getting a cup of water. And go and, and then, you know, then I go and lock the garage door because it was unlocked. But it's a very, very normal thing in my house to, to think about things, to sometimes overthink. And I, I was thinking about how just we like to think. It's, there's no human species. That's not even a thing or a certain type of species of the human. That's not a thing. But um, I, I, just in general, I, I think we, we think a lot and we think about things that maybe we can't control we think about things that we can control. We think about what we did wrong. We think about what we could do. We would think about, like George Costanza, like, oh, I wish I would have said this uh, if I would have you know, thought of that at the moment. Uh, we replay our days. We, re- we, we, we plan for the next when we're lying in bed. And throughout the day, we, we worry about a lot of different things. And, and, and so what I'm trying to paint a picture for you this morning is that, that, that often when we, we, we think, we think a lot. Often those, those thoughts are worry. And I think that we might worry more about a lot of different things than we realize. And I think that that is often the case and the reason for prayer. I think about just all the, the things that we can worry about. And there's, there's some things that we can't stop thinking about. We think about, thick, uh, we think about sickness. We think about loved ones, and, and hopefully they're, they're going to be okay. Uh, we think about, um, we think about uh, being single. Like, I don't want to be single forever, and, and that's something we think about. Uh, we think about a new house. Maybe it's time to buy one. Maybe it's time to sell. Maybe, maybe, maybe we're waiting to get that purchase to happen, like all this stuff. You know, like, we're just, we keep thinking. We keep worrying. Maybe we're starting a new business, or we're thinking about starting a new business. We think about what people might say, or we think that what, what they might actually think of us. We think, what, what, what happens if they, if they found out this about me? Everything would be ruined. I think about my kids. I think about wanting my son. I want my daughter to, to grow up and make positive choices. So I think about like the whole environment. I think, okay, they're eating too much GMOs or we, you know, they have too much screen time. I think about all this stuff and we think about our spouse. Maybe they're eating too much GMOs too. I'm just kidding. 
Um, but we think about like all these different things. We think about the, you know, how our spouse feels or how, you know, what, what, what's happening in their mind, what's going on. We think about our parents. My, my father recently passed away, and, and I would think about him often. I still think about him. But I think about my mom now. She's home alone for the first time in 30 plus or 30, about 30 years. And so we think a lot. We think about our car. I don't know if you've ever had a car like this before, but when you're walking up, you're kind of thinking, okay, <laughs> just got to start. It's been a wrong day. Please, please, please start. But we worry. And we worry a lot. And I, and I w- was just putting all these things down. That I, I, These are things that I could just randomly think of in probably about 30 seconds that we probably think of a lot. But you probably could think of a whole lot more. But w- you probably worry more than you realize. Because your brain is just always thinking. Some of you know that you're warriors. I want to propose this idea to you today that worrying is worshiping your problem. If you are thinking and constantly thinking of this situation and constantly thinking about what to do and all the things that I mentioned just a second ago, you're thinking about all this stuff. It's worrying. You worry about all these things. And what happens when you spend so much time thinking and when you, think, when you spend so much time worrying about whatever it is that you are worrying about, you turn your worry into worship. Worry is worshiping your problem. So, so all of a sudden, you have created an idol in your mind of something that you cannot stop thinking about. And there, there should be some tension there because all of a sudden, like, there's a lot of this stuff that you think about or you worry about that you can't control. I remember my mom telling me when I was a kid, listen, I don't, I don't worry about the things I can't control. And I think that's good practice, but sometimes it's too much. Sometimes I'm like, well, I can't control that, so I'm not going to worry about that. But it really could probably control some of it. But when we worry so much about things, we start to worship it. And I want to throw this at you, since it's a series about prayer, I want to throw this at you. Prayer is surrendering your problem. So if worry is worshiping your problem, prayer is surrendering your problem. So when you, when you take your worry and give it into a form of prayer, it's basically you saying, you know what, God, I can't control my spouse. I can't control my singleness. I can't control my car. I can't control what my parents are going through. I can't control this sickness. I can't control my job, this business. Everything that I've mentioned, I can't control this. Some of it I can, but I'm tired of worrying about this. I'm tired of trying to hang on to this. I'm going to give it to you. I'm surrendering this to you. See, worry too much, it becomes an idol. You, can wor- you start to worship it, but when you pray about it, you're actually surrendering this problem to God. So I think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. If you don't know what this is, this is at the very end of Jesus' tenure, his time on earth. He's in the garden, he's praying, and he's moments away from being captured and then put onto a cross. And so at the, the highest point of stress in his life, at the highest point of stress in his life, he's not running, he's not fleeing, he's surrounded himself with a couple of his closest disciples, and even from there, he's separated himself, and he walks further into this garden, and he starts to pray. He says, hey guys, 
you wait here, keep a watch out, stay awake, I'm gonna go pray. He goes and he prays for about an hour and he comes back and he finds his buddies asleep. He comes back and he says, hey, I thought I told you to stay awake. Listen, the hour for me to, 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 to suffer is coming. Just stay awake, that's all I ask. And he goes and he prays, he comes back and they've fallen asleep again. He goes through that whole process again. Then he goes back and prays again. So here he is going through what is called hyper, hyper to, I forget now, he's sweating blood. I was trying to think of the scientific name, but you know, I'm not scientific. But he's going through this place where he's, he's under so much stress, where he's actually sweating blood. It's probably the most stressful that probably any human has ever faced in this life. And he's praying. He's not worrying about it, but he's surrendering his thoughts and he's surrendering his worries to the Lord. And he, this has been an example that he's set multiple times to his disciples and to the people that have been following him. And the very first almost coming out party that he had when he was uh, on his mission to tell people about the kingdom that was coming, about what he was about to do, he has this very famous Sermon on the Mount. And he instructs us, he instructs the disciples, he instructs everybody that he's speaking to in that moment how to pray. And the, the disciples must have forgotten because later on it's recorded in, chapter, in Luke chapter, I forget now, 11, I think. They see Jesus separate himself again to go and pray. Who knows what he was praying about? Maybe he was praying for somebody, he was praying about something. He, maybe he was turning his worry into a worship uh, and surrendering it. But the disciples saw what he was doing, and they're like, Jesus, you've got to tell us, how, how do you do that? How do you pray? And he repeats what he said in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. So Matthew chapter 6, he, he gives us this example. And he says, therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name is honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we have also forgotten our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I first heard this when I was in high school and I was playing football. We recited this before every football game. That's when I was introduced to the Lord's Prayer. This is known as the Lord's Prayer. And, and you may be familiar with this. You may have been hearing this for years and you may have, not, you know, you're new to church and this is all something that you've heard before but you didn't necessarily know. But this is the Lord's Prayer. And this is Jesus basically instructing us from the very beginning with his very uh, first public sermon and even reiterating it with the disciples when they've asked, hey, Jesus, how can we pray? How can we pray like you? And he's basically saying, hey, there's nothing complicated to it. This is how you pray. And this is why this series is called Pray Like This because Jesus instructs us and says, hey, pray like this. It's not something that we need to recite it's something that can be used as a map and a guideline to show us this is how we can pray. This is how we can step through this complicated thing that is pray. Because I think for some of us, praying is not necessarily the easiest thing. Worrying can be the easiest thing that we do. But I'm going to try to challenge you to surrender that worry to the Lord. And so it's very cool to see what Jesus is doing when we break down this prayer. 
In the very beginning, it's, he teaches us to do this, simply just praise God. He says, our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. He's saying, praise God. Tell, every, tell God everything that you, that you can that you love about him. As a matter of fact, in Psalm chapter 150, it gives us a great example of some of the great things that we see and characteristics of God. It says in Psalms chapter 150, Hallelujah, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his wonderful acts. Praise him in his abundant greatness. Praise him with a trumpet blast. And it goes on. It basically just puts a whole band together here with all the trumpets and the cymbals and the bangs and the whatever. Crashing of the cymbals. But it says at the very end, it says, Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. So the very first thing that Jesus tells us, he's, the, the, the disciples say, hey, how can we pray like you? There's something magical about what you're praying. He says, no, there's nothing magical. Here's how you can pray. Pray like this. He says, start with a, with a greeting. Praise God. Our Father who art in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Just talk about him. Celebrate him. Worship him and what he is and who he is and what he's done for you. He's full of grace. He's full of truth. He's full of, of, of forgiveness he suffered and died and was buried and came back to life for you. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me life. Now, we probably don't do that every single time we pray, but oftentimes that's what we can do. We say, God, you are awesome. I woke out this morning. Woke out. I woke up. I woke up. I woke up this morning and walked outside, and I was like, God, oh, praise God. Feels good outside today, you know? I don't say that every day, but it felt great today. It was a good mix. But there are times in your life when you just, to me, this is where I, I got to fall down. I just got to, I don't really fall down. But you fall down and you, and you praise. And you think, man, God, you are awesome. For you to be able to create what you just created, amazing. But greet him. Praise God. Tell him everything that you love about him. The second thing we can do that we see in the Lord's Prayer, praise him. I'm sorry. The second thing is, is submit yourself to God's way. Submit yourself to God's way. Your kingdom come, your will be done. When Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's praying for those three hours and he's sweating blood and he's stressed out, one of the things that he says is, God, I would rather not do this, but if it's your will to be done, then I will do it. And we can have the exact same prayer. I could be going through something very difficult and say, God, you know what? I, I, I don't necessarily want to do this. I don't want to work here anymore, but if it's your will, then I will. This is, God, you are awesome. You're an amazing God. I'm going to tell you right now that I'm not happy with where I'm working, but if it's your will, then I will continue to work there because I believe that maybe you have me there for a reason. So your will be done. God, you know, I, I know that I, I've been wanting to have a spouse for many years now, and and, and, and this is what I want, but if, but if that's not what your will is for me right now, I'm going to go through this season where I, I continue to not have somebody, then your will be done. So again, it, it, takes, it takes it off of your shoulders, and it's giving it to God. It, that's the surrender part. God, it's not my will, but it's going to be your will. And the third thing that we can do, we see in this prayer, is ask God for what you need. So notice that at this point, we're, we're, we're three steps in. Jesus says, all right, hey, celebrate and worship God. Praise him. And then admit that it's not your will. Just surrender what it is, that, it, all that you are to him. 
praise, maybe even pray that your eyes be open to, to his will and not your own and obey God's plan even when it counters your own. But then the third thing, Jesus is saying, hey, ask God for what you want to ask him for. And we see, give us this day our daily bread. Very common back then that, that they needed bread. Like, we love bread now. Like, I mean, the only time we're asking for bread is when we go to Carabas and they haven't brought it out on time, you know? <laughs> we're like, hey, can you give us this day our daily bread or we're going to wait a little longer? But like, that was, that, was, that was life for them. That was how they filled their stomachs. This was, bread was life. That's why Jesus is known as the bread of life. Because bread equaled life for them. So when they're asking for bread, when Jesus is using that as an example, that's like, hey, we, we need this to survive. So what are your needs? Not new shoes, unless you really need new shoes. But like, what are your, what, what are your needs? What is, out of all the things that you're worrying about, that you're thinking about, what are your needs? Bring them to God. Give us this day our daily bread. Here's what prayer is. Prayer is, is not just about, and I think Danielle kind of highlighted this in her prayer just a second ago. Prayer is not just about communicating with God. Prayer is all about communing with God, meaning that, that I'm going to spend time with him. This is my chance to, to sit down and just talk with the God of the universe. Like that's that's special. Like you walk outside, there's, this is man made this building. You walk outside, God created everything. And you get to sit and talk with that guy. That's how special this is. So it's not just this time where I could sit and just make these requests be made known to him, which is what God wants from you. He wants to know your requests. He already knows them, but he wants to hear them from you. It's not just about communicating with them. It's about communing with them. It's about sitting down. It's about spending that time with him. It's about like when you go to Carabas for lunch with your, your better half. Because trust me, they are your better half. You're sitting at the dinner table. You are not just sitting there to communicate. You, you, could, you could do that over anything. But when you're sitting and you're breaking bread and you're, 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 you're about communing, it's about the back and forth. It's about spending time. It's about really just being able to understand everything that, that, that they are. And that's, that's what God wants from us. God is our provider. And he's like a good father. He's able to give us what we need when we need it. We see that in Matthew chapter 7. It's also something that was said last week when our guest speaker, David Janney, was here. He was talking about how a father cares for his child. He wants to be able to help them. He wants to be able to give them the things that, are, that he needs. And God wants that from us. He wants that for us. The fourth thing that we see is that Jesus says, Forgive us of our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, which is just ask for forgiveness and request forgiveness. Give, give forgiveness and request forgiveness. Further down in Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, Jesus tells us, he says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men for their sins, your Father will not forgive you. So forgive others just like God forgives us. Who are you not to forgive somebody when the God of the universe has already forgiven you for anything that you've ever done? Because if you don't, he won't. So confess, it's all about the repentance. That's what repenting means. It means just, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you how it is, God. I know that I messed up. He's gonna extend the grace and you can extend the grace and we can repeat. He's gonna repeat every single time. I think about it just like with my son. Just recently, uh, he did something. I don't remember what it was, but uh, he could see that I was agitated about his decision or whatever it was that he did. 
And he's like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Anybody else get that from their kids? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But you, you're not sorry. You just don't want me to be upset. So was he fully repenting of what he did? There's times where I'm like, okay, listen, this is what you did wrong, Davis. You, you did this, and this was not what was right. Do you understand now why, why you got in trouble? Well, yeah. And so how do you feel about that? I'm good. No, no, no. Are you sorry? <laughs> but that's, that's the difference, right? Like when, when we are truly sorry and we are truly asking and seeking forgiveness, that's what repentance is. And so God wants that from us, just like we would want that from our kids. We just don't want a sorry just because we know that we should be saying sorry. We want the full apology. God, that's what God wants. And don't hold a grudge against people. Because holding a grudge against somebody, that'll just make you absolutely miserable. And the fifth thing here that Jesus says is he, he says to examine yourself. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And so when we take a look at ourselves in our prayer and say, God, I know that I'm, I'm not right. I know that I've messed up. Here's where I've messed up. And I almost ask God, hey, listen, reveal other things in my life. I, I don't always see everything that is wrong. So Lord, help me understand all that you want from me. What is or what has been holding you back? What is tempting you? What has the enemy been using to keep you from growing closer to God? All these things the Lord will reveal to you if you ask him. And the first step in removing this temptation is actually even recognizing it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 tells us that no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand under it. And I'm telling you the best way that he is providing a way out for you is through prayer. It's so that you can take that worry, so that you can take those things that you constantly are thinking about, that you are worshiping because you're not doing anything else with it other than just constantly thinking and constantly worrying, but giving it in prayer a surrender. Jesus was setting this example for us on how to have this conversation with God. Prayer is not just about demanding the sick be healed or requesting needs you couldn't attain on your own. It's a conversation between you and your Savior. It's an occasion for more than Jesus' presence and a chance for us to be able to submit to his will. It's, it's being able to understand who we are. You know, when you have a conversation with a mirror, you ever seen it? I don't know if you ever do this, but it, you know, it happens in movies, right? So I don't, I've, never, I've never done it myself. Actually, I think about Al Franken. You ever see the old Saturday Night Live bit where he's standing in front of a mirror? <laughs> okay, never mind. Anyway, he says this. He's looking in the mirror, or he's encouraging somebody to look in the mirror. The, fu the funniest one ever was Michael Jordan. But he says, look in the mirror, and, and, he, and he gives him all these nice things to say about yourself. And the very last thing that was like the hook that made everybody laugh, it was always, uh, and doggone it, people like you, right? And so oftentimes when we have a conversation with a mirror, all you're hearing are the things about yourself that you love that are good about yourself. Hey, you, you're sharp today. 
looking good. Sometimes we lie to ourselves and look in the mirror. That's another different, that's a whole other story, okay? But when we're actually sitting down and we're communing with somebody and we're asking them, hey, I know that I've done you wrong in some way, shape, or form. Can you, let, let me know. I want to fix that. I want to make that right. If we're having a real adult conversation with somebody, whether that's a coworker or a spouse, a family member, or whoever that might be, and we're asking, we're saying, hey, I want to make this right. How can I fix this? The other person's going to offer some feedback that you could probably take and do something with. You're communing. You're spending time with that person. You're growing in your relationship with them, and you're growing in ways that you are just going to take you to another level. God's the same way. We spend time in prayer with him. We're communing with him. God, reveal these different things to me. First of all, God, love you. You're an amazing God. You have done amazing things in my life. You have taken me through some, some struggles, and you've been there on my highest mountain. So I'm going to praise you. I'm praise you in this storm. I'm going to praise you through the difficult things that I'm going through. Listen, God. I'm struggling. I have a hard time with this. I'm worrying about this. But I'm going to give it to you. Because it's not my will. This is what I want. But God, if it's not what you want, then I don't want it. But this is what I need. This is my daily bread. And we can forgive. God, listen, I know that I've done wrong to you. I know I've done wrong to other people. Please forgive me. And help me find ways that I can begin to forgive other people in my life. And Lord, show me. Show me where I can grow. Make it known to me. Maybe when I see this person or when I see that person or when I, when I recognize that, hey, I really shouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. Lord, just, just reveal that to me. That's communing. It's not just communicating, it's communing. That's what he wants from you. That's what the disciples saw in him when they saw him go. They saw like, hey, we want what you have. We want to have that one-on-one with God. How can we have that? And God says, listen, Jesus says, listen, it's not that difficult. This is where you go. And so we can look to Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer. Maybe some of you had it memorized. You didn't even know you had it memorized. Take a look at that prayer and see how you can insert that into your prayer life. Because I think, you know, some of us, we pray like meet the Fockers, right? Meet the parents, see the movie. Well, we just don't even know where to go. This is where Jesus is telling us. This is where we can go. Everybody prays differently and prayers all look different. But this is a, this is a great way to start. To pray like this. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.